Welcome back. Our guest tonight is an Emmy-nominated writer, producer, actor, and the yeah. genius. Bass, bass. I like him. If I ever miss a show, I can just bring my man bass. <laughs> you know, cover his face up and just rock the mic. And today we welcome Dan Levy to the hot seat. Here is Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Hey! Margie! Oh, hold on. I forgot there's a button here. Welcome into Levycast. What's going on, Dan? Mark, tell me everything. Dan, um, not sure what I have to report at this point. It's been a very sad, gloomy day in this city of Chicago. And you just killed the momentum of this podcast. I will say this. You did say it is gloomy and, and gross, but I just woke up from perhaps the, one of the most glorious naps I've had in a long time. Well, Dan, it's funny you say that. I'm kind of getting up from one myself here right now, as literally as you might be able to tell in the tone of my voice, Dan, and the lack of creativity. I'm just getting up from a little nice nap myself. Wow, Mark, that's two naps for you. That's insane. Uh huh. It's been a very, very good. I got, I got interrupted from one, but was able to get back into another one. And then here I am, rocking you like a hurricane. <laughs> That's right, Dan. We're there's a scorpions day. <laughs> well, it's a LeBron James kind of news this week, Marky. LeBron busted the record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And to be honest, I think it's hilarious because all it did was upset Michael Jordan fans. Well, exactly. Right. It should maybe. It has Kareem, nothing to do with Michael Jordan, but yet all the fans are like, so what? <laughs> Kareem's got to be pissed. Like, yes. Hey, why, why don't we argue about me? Like, how about me and LeBron? Yeah. And, like, what the hell? What the hell? Kareem, Kareem does not seem like a nice human being. And from all accounts I've no. heard, it does not sound like he wanted to give this away. And if when you watch the actual ceremony, you couldn't imagine a less, more forced situation of Kareem giving him a basketball and going, here, you broke my record. He, he, I, seems, he seems like he's in a perpetual state of... In a bad mood right now. He uh, he looks like, here's what he is. He has the look on his face at all times like his plane hasn't left yet and he is late for the airplane. (laughs) Yeah, the eyes just glossing over. Yes, and and constantly looking up and finding, trying to find somebody that can give him information on why his plane hasn't left yet. (laughs) Right, right. And he's gotten... He's already had three bad experiences with customer service, so he doesn't trust anybody. And he doesn't want any more vouchers for free peanuts on a plane. He just wants to leave right now. Oh, he's in a serial state of skepticism and anti-social behavior. And if one more person comes up to him and says, we'll leave in a moment, sir, can I get you something else to read? He's going to kill the entire airplane. Oh, man. You tell your dad if your dad had to drag Lanier <laughs> and Walton. Roger, Roger, director. Well, 
I'm glad that was pretty good. I think we just figured out Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I mean, we, I don't know. We, I mean, I, I suppose it's plausible that it actually was and it like that he did have some trauma, you know, trying waiting for an airplane. So maybe he lives in that state of confusion and distrust. That could be it, Dan. Kareem always looks like he's like I said, he's sitting there waiting for the flight to take off. And Stephen A. Smith looks like somebody just hit his car. <laughs> Right? Is that not the yeah. perfect way to summarize those two individuals uh, and polar opposites? Right. Yeah, yeah, because Stephen A is ready to just spout off at whoever just hit his car. And Bernie Sanders always has the look that they still gave him another cup of cold soup. Uh, or just the perpetual state of saying, you got to be kidding me. Yes, another soup and it's cold. Are you serious? Are you, you serious? Kidding me. Where is Hillary Clinton? I bet she's got a warm cup of soup. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even have a spoon. I don't even have a spoon. He didn't give me a spoon. Oh, my God. That's funny, man. But I would say this. I Is it possible that LeBron James, because we grew up in the Jordan era, and because we like Michael Jordan, you and I were both children for that, that we can't accept anything we can't accept greatness coming from anybody else now. Is that what it is? Well, it, yes, th- th- there is some of that, and I am guilty of some of it. I mean, I am guilty. I am a- <laughs> next up my thighs. Choo <laughs> uh, choo, next up my thighs. Peter. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I will admit that I have been a protector of the Jordan and you know when you ha- but the the problem is or my defense of it is is that when these guys are born in the NBA they are immediately since Jordan they're all compared to Jordan they're all like oh he's the next Jordan or he's baby Jordan he's remember Harold Miner was baby Jordan Kobe was the next Jordan LeBron was the next Jordan so it's almost like if you're going to hit us over the head with that's the next Jordan, then okay. Then as, as someone who watched Jordan and takes that personally, I'm going to compare it all to Jordan now because that's the way it was set up. So, and, and, I, and, you know, I think maybe I was guilty of it, some of it too, growing up and all that. But I think that's the way it, it's the way it was set up, you know? I also think it's a guilt. It's, it, the guiltiness also falls on the actual marketing of LeBron because when he came out, he was known as the chosen one, and then he was the king, and the next. And have you witnessed? And everybody started, you know, even though it's the same damn company that represents Michael Jordan, they were trying to really just push, hey, we got a new face, and everybody got really upset. I would I mean, for a while there, it was just fans that were just debating back and forth, Jordan, LeBron, LeBron, Jordan. And then LeBron said, I think I'm the best basketball player to ever play the game. And now it's as if you stepped in everybody's bowl of Cheerios, and they are, like, viscerally angry at this guy. Well... There's nothing this guy could do right now that won't allow him to enjoy any success. If he somehow does take on another three NBA championships and beats Michael Jordan, if he somehow can play with his son in the league and they win a championship, nobody will ever, ever be like, well, Michael didn't have that time. So there you go. Well, I, I, I will say if, if he, if he surpasses Michael in titles, I'll, I'll, I'll step down. <laughs> I'll step down. You know. So I that's will, where you hold it. The title is the one where you will say, "I will, I will now bow." I'll bow. 
in in their case, in their I'm not saying it's always about titles, you know, but in their case, yeah, like if he does get to the that kind of winning, which would be incredible at his age, because it, it would obviously portend that he he is going to score a lot of points and still be a really damn good player. Then I would I'd be stupid not to concede, you know. I mean, unless he's like. The, the sixth man on the team, some you know, at that point, or something weird. I I, I think it's the only it's basketball. I think is the only sport that you can actually have who the greatest of all time is. Whenever I hear people say is Tom Brady the greatest ever, it's you can't even say he's the greatest. Is he the greatest quarterback ever? He's the most accomplished quarterback ever. And the last two minutes of a football game, would I rather have him or Dan Marino or Joe or uh, Joe Montana? I want to take Montana every time, even though. Tom Brady got seven titles. I'm still thinking Joe Namath. <laughs> okay. Or not Joe Namath. Joe, Joe Namath. Joe, Na- Joe Namath. Is a, Joe Namath was the guy that I once bodyguard for in, in the Super Bowl media day, but that's a whole separate story. Oh, and it's a wonderful story, actually. Do I, I, do I tell the story? Yeah, but, but first, just let me just make sure you know. I disagree with everything you just said over the last night. Really? Seconds. So you think so, Tom? So in the last two minutes of a Super Bowl game, you would rather have Tom Brady snap it up, not Joe Montana? Oh yeah, I mean, and I, Joe Montana is great, and maybe he's second, but that, I mean, come on, dude, we, we we've seen Tom Brady's whole career. That's he's true. Had a million comebacks. So I just couldn't let that just slide. But of course, I want to hear the Joe Namath story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care about football. I really have a real argument with you, and I don't want to argue. Yeah, I know. No, so I here's just, the story. Here's right, the story. No, I'm not trying to one-up you. I'm just like, that's just the way I feel. That's to make all. a long story short, I've mentioned in this podcast numerous times that I've covered sports, and, and, uh, and I use the term cover very loosely, but I was around <laughs> Chicago sports for 13 years. There was a moment at Q101 when they got rid of the morning show, Man Cow, and I was still covering sports for the morning show, and during the 2006-2007 season, the Chicago Bears went to the Super Bowl. Before they were going to the Super Bowl, there was a decent chance that they were actually, that I mean, once the postseason starts, any team that's headed to the postseason, you'll get an email from the respective team, from the NFL, saying, if you or anybody at your at your uh, company you know, would like to get credential for the Super Bowl, put in for it now. And it had to be like in October. It was something early, so I just, I just put it in. And lo and behold, come the time of the NFC Championships, I get an email saying, should the Bears make the Super Bowl, I'm getting a credential. And I was like, holy crap, I fooled the NFL. So I did everything I could. <laughs> I did everything I could. I was like, all right, I went and got the tickets. And I talked to my buddy Roker, who I've had on this podcast before, Ken Smith, Al Roker Jr. He used to work for the Man Cow Show. And he was still working for Man Cow because they had separated and done their own thing. And I go, Roker, I'm going to Miami. I'm going, is there anything that I should know or do? Because I'm going to be by myself. He's like, you're not going to be by yourself. I got, I just got a, uh, I'm getting sent to Miami to do the NFL's media row, which for those that don't know, this is the week that they do it. The week leading up to the Super Bowl, right. the, the actual hosting venue of the, whatever town it is for me, it was Miami. You all go there, and for that week, people go to Media Row, and they do a whole week of live broadcasts. And within that, people from the NFL and other kinds of celebrities that are trying to you know promote their stuff, they come to these things, they do the round. So you have 
you know, you'll all of a sudden you'll have like Joe Montana walking around telling everybody, hey, I'm here doing the Icy Hot. I'm promoting Icy Hot, you know, backpack, you know, patches. And then people get to interview him, you know, talking about the Super Bowl and yada, yada, yada. So Roker goes, I happen to know the people at Penthouse, the girls at Penthouse. And they're going to get us a hotel room. And it's all free. I'm going to get a car, blah, blah, blah. It's all free. There's just one thing. I go, what's that? He goes, you got to go with me to the media row. And at 7 in the morning, Joe Namath is going to be coming. And you got to help snag him because I won't be able to leave my my microphone. You got to meet him at the front of the convention center Uh and bring him over to me. And I go, okay, how hard is that going to be? It's going to be hard because people are going to try to grab him. I need you to bring him over. Okay, so we go, and in this media row, I'm telling you, it is everybody in this place. It is the NFL network, the television stations. It is the NFL on Fox, every radio station in the country, even in the world. There were ones from all all around the world, and there's Jim Rome. There's, I mean, everybody. Everybody that you listen to or watch was at this convention center, and somehow Roker scored the very first. So all of a sudden, I get, hey, can you go grab... Can you go snag him? Uh, okay, so I go to the convention center, and I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. And there, he's got he's got sunglasses on. He's not too fake. He's not like he's walking around in a Ric Flair robe or anything. And he go, all right, so the lady goes, okay, you good? I go, yeah, here's the deal. We're all the way in the back, and so I'm just going to walk him over there. And then his, I don't know if it was his daughter or her assistant, she goes, she whispers by ear, and she goes, just so you know, hold on to him. And I was like, what do you mean? And as we're walking in, like all of a sudden there was a spotlight on him and people started rushing him from all over because they all wanted to snag him for their radio and TV show. Uh-huh. And they sent the most the most beautiful girls. Any radio station that had a hot female producer or a hot female reporter were coming over to him. And he was walking away from me like it was a little kid in my hands and some other person was waving a lollipop in front of that kid. <laughs> and he was trying to walk away from me. And each girl was getting pretty, oh, Mr. Namath, can you go over here? And he's like, Dan, give me one second with this girl. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, you and know. I'm like, get over here. I'm dragging this old Hall of Famer legend with me. And I'm like, we get at Bernie's with this guy. Like dragging him over. And he wants nothing to do with me. But he knows what the lady knows. And, every, and I got Roker like... And like 90 feet away trying to like bring me over there and so i was like i'm dragging this guy each girl mr namath i'm a huge fan he's like dan hang on one second i'm like all right all right all right all right and then he's like oh yeah i can come over and interview with you like, no, no 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 no, he's with us <laughs> and i kept like i was literally like pushing him at one point like almost lifting him off his feet and finally i dragged him over to the place sat him down and then i was like Oh my God, that was so tiresome. And then other people were coming up to me like, hey, sir, can you walk him over to our booth so we can get him next? I was like, I'm not for sale. <laughs> that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And at my times with Man Cow, I had to do it a few times with other celebrities. When they would come to the mer- when we were in the merchandise mart, I had Sylvester Stallone. Where that happened, I had a bodyguard, Sylvester Stallone, who could clearly kick my ass, but I had yeah. to do that same kind of thing. But he was more. I, he just wanted somebody else to be the the jerk. I had to be the jerk for him because he, uh, he was walking around going like, "Oh yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it." And I was in there, I was in there going, "Excuse me," but I mean, it was I mean, with Joe Namath. I was like, I, I, "I might not be able to do this." That's incredible, man. The only thing I, I've uh, I've you know you told me that story. And that's, I think that's the second time you told me the story, and it's just fucking great. What I what I want to know though, this time around is are there not other celebrities 
that were there on Radio Row. Well, it, that it, it, he because it was a situation where it, it was like a low level celebrity that day. There wasn't it wasn't like the big guys and like leading up to it. I think I wanted to say it was almost the, the third or fourth day of the actual Radio Row. Okay, so it okay, was. So I, like, I, I would I would say the beginning the beginning of the Radio Row was kicked off by Prince who did a giant press conference. So that was the big day for him. But for some reason, Joe Namath was that guy that day that everybody really wanted a piece of. And so it, okay. it was just, okay. and he walked in like at like 7 a.m. You know, <laughs> and that's when every morning show is getting their biggest guests. Cause that's like the prime time for morning shows. Like between that, that sweet spot of 7 a.m. And 9 a.m. People are stuck in their cars and Joe Namath is walking around and they're like hovering toward this guy. Yeah, and, okay. they're all, and, they're, and they're all kind of tired of talking to each other because it's kind of like, you know, seven a.m. is like the earliest you're going to get a guy like Joe Namath to walk around, and then you'll, right. and then you'll ha- then right. you'll have like your other Hall of Famer guys walking around, like, you know, that kind of stuff. But when he walked around, for some reason, it was just that moment. It was like throwing bait into a pool of sharks, and I was the one with the hook going, "No, don't you go, no, 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 no!" And the whole time, I'm like. I totally understand. All these girls are coming up to him like, I want to go with you. Like, oh, these, these yeah. women are amazing. That, and, then, and then all of a sudden, I go like, and I see Roker like way in the back with a Hawaiian shirt on going, like waving over here. I'm like, dude, I am trying my hardest. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, Roker has no idea what you're going through. To- oh, no, he had it. He, 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 he knew it, but he didn't sell me. He didn't, he didn't exactly, that wasn't a sales pitch that I would have to be. Like, you know, swatting people away left and right. The people that I would be kissing their asses later for radio gigs. Yeah. I'm telling those guys to get the hell out of here. What I really, though, want to expand on is I love the idea of you and Sly Stallone. That is because of your voice and his voice. That is. Like I think that would be a pleasing conversation audibly. It was here. It, it literally was, Mister Salon. How are you? Hey, how are you? And I'm, I'm Sly. Nice to meet you. And I was like, I guess let's go. And the other thing that was funny about Sly is that it was at five thirty in the morning at the Merchandise Mart. And oh in Chicago, God. Merchandise Mart is is actually a it's considered a World Trade Center. It's humongous. And at five thirty in the morning, there's nobody there except for the radio station and custodian. So they were like, "Hey, we, you know, Sly wants to make sure you can go grab him." I go to grab him. It's just him and like and like two other people. And I walk out of the merchandise bar. There's nobody there but people buffing the floors. I go to snag him. As I walk back in, all of a sudden it was like Las Vegas in there. There was like a million people out of everywhere coming wow. up to him with like boxing gloves and these giant posters of Rocky. And then I had he's like, Hey, do me a favor. Tell these guys I can't do anything. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and he's walking by like just with his hand in the air and like kind of like they're like taking pictures, I'm like, sorry, sorry. I'm like, again, I'm pushing people away. And then we get the other. He's like, Yo, the one thing I don't like about these guys, they always try to sell my stuff. It's not like they're giving it, they're keeping it. They're trying to sell it. I don't want to sell it. That's my money. And I was like, you don't got to explain it to me, man. I just think it's kind of hilarious that we're having this. And then, when oh. he, and then when he got into the radio station, everybody else was trying to take pictures of him. And he was more than fine being a jerk on. This one guy came up to him. He goes, sir, just so you know, I'm the biggest Rocky fan. When my wife and I went, went to go get engaged, I took her to the zoo on a winter day in front of the tiger house. I did the, uh, I hope you don't mind if you uh, wouldn't mind marrying me too much. And then he goes, I've heard that one before. And then walked away from him. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. And then when we were leaving, I had to take him through another exit. And he's like, 
I forgot what he said. He's like, you know, a lot of people say they could do a pretty good impression of me, but I bet you could. And I go, I've said I could do you before. And he goes, hey, that's not bad. And then that was, and then he got into a car and he drove off. And I was like, that was the weirdest interaction between me and oh, Sylvester Stallone I've ever had. That's a gem. <laughs> I, can't, I thought I told you that one before. I God, maybe my memory is getting sucky because I don't think I've, I certainly don't remember that story. And Maybe it didn't hit me the right way the first time or something. I don't know. I, for, I forget that it's an impression that I could do pretty good, to be honest. That's just the, the impression is good. It's just the whole story and the interaction. <laughs> like that little slice of life. Like that is just, it's extraordinary. It's like a, it's like a Seinfeld, like a random Seinfeld scene. It's just so good. And I felt all of it in the heat of that moment, to be honest. I was like, this is something extraordinary. Oh, that's I was great. like, uh, it was like probably the first time with a grade A, like, you know, grade A actor, somebody like humongously famous, not just like, oh, oh hey, look, today it's Carrot Top. Like, it was Sylvester Stallone. So even I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. <laughs> tell these people I can't do it. Tell these people I can't do it. I was like, all right, so you want to be the jerk? Uh, you, know, you know. And I was just kind of like that. I was like, all right. Oh, that's so great, man. That's awesome. Isn't that- he like a. Isn't he super short too? No, like actually, five. he was about my height. I, I was expecting the same thing. He was about, he was about as tall as I was. He was, oh, he was, okay. he was, pre, he was fit. He had like the older, but he was like you could tell like when I was kind of like you know, one hand on him and pushing people away. I was like, Jesus, this guy should be bodyguarding <laughs> for me. He's like a rock. Yeah, I mean, I've never. He's rocky. I've never <laughs> not seen him as this muscle bound specimen. That's and why I was like, at this point, I, I, what, that was like before cell phone videos and all that stuff. So I was like, I don't understand why you need me to really like be the bad guy here. No one's really going to know. Nobody, yeah. nobody had like videos on him. They were just like, you know, those wind up cameras. So, all right, you want me to be the guy that's a jerk? I'll be that guy. But you clearly do not need me to be the one that says you need to step away from this man. Oh, right. Well, it's just like any service. Now he doesn't have to do it. It's just like, he's got, he can afford to have that kind of help around him. I know, but the look on his face, he's just sitting there going like, yeah, I really don't like these guys charging my stuff. And he's just like having a normal conversation with me as I'm like, again, like shoving away these nerds with like a zillion posters and, and boxing gloves. So I'm like, oh, we love you, champ. I'm like, it's not a real champ. It was, it was yeah. a movie. It was a movie. Oh, man. So he's got like Star Trek convention fans. I got that thing going on it's it's like imagine if star trek fans and william shatner never showed up to any kind of convention for these guys like you don't you don't see sylvester stallone at things so it was like that's like times 10 that's hilarious with um if you had millions dan would <laughs> would you have handlers if i had millions of dollars for that kind of fame yeah Mark, I went viral for a week this recently, and oh, even and, and at that point, I was planning on getting handlers. Oh my god! I'm just like I'm so glad that I'm still allowed to be on Levycast. I'm surprised I, you still do Levycast, Mark. I, I am still technically viral, and for those that don't know, I do another podcast with Brett Boone, who's a uh, an ex MLB baseball player. I'm sure you guys all know him, but he had on Warren Sapp, former NFL Hall of Famer, and. The one question I had, because I usually get a a last question with these guys, and it was a very simple question. It was just, what do you think of Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears quarterback? And in the audio, he said, the Bears are going to trade him in the draft. And I I didn't even ask him that question. I just asked him, what did he think of him, as in what kind of a player? 
And I did my best job of whenever somebody gives me that kind of news, I will send it to the radio station people that I know and TV people. And it blew up. <laughs> Every outlet picked it up. My it voice up, was man. everywhere. It blew up. And Marky, I got to tell you, I'm addicted to it. Yeah, it was man. the sweetest thing in the world. You know, you want more and more and more. And before you know it, you're just going to be making stuff up, man, to get your likes and your retweets and your stories written by other outlets crediting you. It's intoxicating, Dan. What if I told you that at that moment, I choke around about covering things and all that, but it was actually nice for once in a while to turn on random outlets and hear my voice and then butchering my name. People I've known for 20 years still calling me Levy. <laughs> They had to finally talk about me, but it kind of made me upset that people I've known for 20 years still call me Levy, but it's Levy. But at the same time, that was my voice. It was me. And my Twitter went nuts. And it was on every outlet. People were texting me and tweeting me, hey, that's Dan Levy. It was nice. And now all I want to do is random things to get back to that that, that spot. I get it now, Mark. I get it. It's nice. It's almost like gambling when you put a couple of shekels in and you get like you get like a hundred dollar jackpot yes it's like oh yes. wow i yeah i want to do that again f- I, ooh, that was that felt good that's that a felt- great analogy because the first time i ever gambled i put a quarter into a slot and i won 80 bucks i was like oh this is easy i don't know why people don't do this more often dude that i had just about exactly the same i think i put a dollar in and got 85 out yeah that was my, my same thing and i was like oh I get it. <laughs> and I thought, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and the thing that came in my mind, like, oh, this is super easy. How come I'm not doing this more often? And then right. fast forward an hour later, I'm down 300 bucks and have a uh, watered down drink in my hand. I was like, I get it. I get it. I got gotcha. you. Lessons learned. Yeah, it's like for the uh, three hours later, there you are down 300, but you got a, you got a $2 gin and tonic in your hand and to I, make up for it. Yeah. And then my shirt unbuttoned and a lot of regret. And like, I should have done this. I should have done that. Why don't we just go to go see a movie tonight? This sucks. Right. Right. Or just shut it down for the night, whatever, you know, it's uh God, man, I haven't been to Vegas and ever. I went there. uh, I went there on my uh, honeymoon, and it was like, oh man, I I picked because it was nice. Like, all right, Joe's going to bed. I'm just going to go. I'll get a couple slots. Then you're up until like six in the morning. You're like, well, I just spent half the money people gave me on my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was supposed to go to a down payment of some kind, but instead, I think I just paid off the tip for the waitress for bringing me another watered down rum and coke. Did you guys go to a show out there too for that? We did not remember. do the show because Jill, Jill, for some reason, had busted her uh, her her foot. And her her dad like threw her around the dance floor, and then she was like in a lot of pain. So we didn't really do too much of that stuff. <laughs> her dad, uh, her dad, dad they, physically abused her at they her wedding. Da- Mark, they danced to the the Go Go White Sox song, and her oh. dad, her dad is young. Is, he's not young, but he is fit, and he was. I know, I know. He, he was whipping her around like. They were like, you know, Fred Astaire and, and Marilyn Monroe on the dance wow, floor. And Jill was, she was wow. not expecting that. He, the, he's he got that old man strength. Yes, he? to to a T. I mean, he's the kind of guy, like I said, he's been retired forever. And I see him all the time. And he's, he's, a, he's a guy who goes to the gym twice a day at the age of 83. Right, right. Oh, that's amazing. Where's, where's, puts on his baseball cap, right? Baseball cap is loud, loud and it's proud and he is... 
<laughs> guns a blazing and like I mean, twice a day, man. I don't even go twice a week. He's going twice a day. Oh, absolutely, man. Get in the pickup truck. Let's go. Well, America. That, yeah, America. Make, Let's go. Make, it, make it awesome again. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Marky, like always, I appreciate you coming on for a fun podcast. This was good. You know what? I'm trying not to do these once every couple of months. We can do it more often. Now that you're not doing any bear stuff for a little bit, I can get you more, right? This is a good time. Like I'm, I'm still always doing bear stuff, Dan, but it's not as busy. Yes, correct. He's Mark Grody from 670 The Score. You can follow him on Twitter. You can just Mark, Mark Grody Sports. I think that's all it is. I yep. am Dan Levy, base on air. You'll see it if you type the words in Warren Sabbath Bears. There I still am. It's there. But thanks again. This has been Levy Cast. Please share with all your friends and family and people that just want a good chuckle and just want to hear me do a pretty decent impression of a, hey, so let's just hello. It's not bad. <laughs> hey, yo, Buck, yes. You ain't no ordinary feline. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. <laughs>